You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. The older I get, the more I realize you can be as anointed as you want to be, but if your body's broken down, you remember that. You can be full of Holy Ghost fire. But if you can't get up out of bed. So we want to teach holistic gospel, body, soul, spirit. So we're going to be dealing with, I'm not going to be dealing with, but we're going to have people dealing with different aspects of our stewardship of time and our bodies and different things. So we encourage you to come. Exodus chapter three. If you got it, say, I got it. I will read for you verses seven through verse number nine. And then I'm going to jump down and read verses 11 through verse number 14. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people which are in Egypt, and heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. For I know their sorrow, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, and will bring them out of that land unto a good land, a large and into a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, Canaanites, Hivites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jezusites. Verse 11, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. Thou shalt, be, thou shalt bring forth the people out of Egypt, and ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, When the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall I say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord that sent thee. I'm going to stop there for now. And if you look at verse number 11, immediately, and Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? As we, again, only in the second week of a new year, we're going to leave the stuff in 2022. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. oh neighbor, oh, neighbor. Let, go of your let go of your excuses. We want to talk about letting go of our excuses. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us. We're asking you right now, Lord God, to smile down upon us as your people. Let your anointing flow, Lord God, from the pulpit to the door. Let this word fall on good ground to prick our hearts, Lord God, and we will give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And all God's people say amen. Amen. Letting go of your excuses. This morning, every one of us have probably at some time in our life have made up some excuses. And some of us are so good at it, we have made it an art. It's unfortunately, oftentimes in the church, we have perfected making up excuses. All of a sudden you decide uh, you want to go to church and all of a sudden somebody asks you, you going to church and all of a sudden, 
Now you just did that. You have been everywhere else you wanted to go. But we have made excuses and uh, we've learned to make excuses and call it a sanctified lie. We go to work and we come up with all types of excuses why we're late. We go and, and things that we have left undone in 2022, we most of the time have excuses why they didn't get done. I told my wife just this week, I went to the gym one day, man, it was packed. No, that's no joke. When I pulled in a lot, I had to pull way down and just about all the machines was taken. I told one gym, I said, give them three weeks. And it's not a downer, I'm just saying we're good at starting things, but I would like in three weeks to hear why they stopped. More importantly, what excuses they made, why it was important the 1st of January, and now when we get to the 15th, 16th, and 17th, it's no longer important. There was a uh, metropolitan insurance company received some unusual explanations for why accidents was turned into them. Some of, some of them was a invisible car came out of nowhere and struck my car and vanished. Another car collided with me without warning me of their intentions. As I reached the intersection, a large head sprung up, obscuring my vision. A telephone pole was approaching fast and I tipped the swerve out of its path. Can't we come up with some good excuses if we want to come up with them? The problem with excuses is that it locks us into a spiritual comfort zone. Because when we make up excuses, oftentimes we believe those lies, we believe those excuses, even though we're not moving spiritually, even though we're not moving naturally or even emotionally, we settle by uh, settle for what we have because we don't want to stretch out or break out of what we know as our routine. All of us, we get routines. We get into a comfort zone where we feel comfortable. Uh, those of us who married know that uh, you uh, you can have your thermostat at 70. All of a sudden, your companion said, I ain't comfortable. Put it up 72. And, and you got to find your comfort zone. And everybody's got their unique comfort zone that they feel most comfortable in. And what happens is that when we get in the habit of making excuses, we get into a comfort zone to the point where we'll believe it and never move forward. God is challenging Bethlehem Temple to move forward. Yes, we've had the theme, the harvest is plentiful. Yes, we've had the theme, I must be about my father's business. But what excuses have we made and why we haven't still left the church and went out there and be the light and the salt and the influence that God intended us to be? Get quiet. See, we have to understand that one gentleman said it like this. He, the proverb says, or Chinese proverb says, the man or the woman who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the man or the woman who's doing it. The man or the woman who said it cannot be done should not interrupt the man or the woman who's doing it. And, and I don't know about you, this year is going to be a year of change. It's going to be a, a year of change for me. In, in other words, well, what I 
uh, held back on and what uh, God has challenged us in our areas of our faith. I, I'm not going to let folks stop me. I'm not going to let what people think stop me. We've got to be willing to step out of our comfort zone. We've got to be willing to step out and trust God for the blessing, his best is for my life. And if you try to interrupt me, you just got to get out of my way this year. You remember when Joshua and Caleb very quickly got to the promised land and they've already got to the land and all of a sudden they said, Caleb, man, you 85 years old. And then Caleb, do you still want the hood? They don't mess around in the hood, Caleb. Do you want a, a smaller territory? Caleb said, give me my mouth. In other words, Caleb said, God, you have kept me this long for this amount of time. He said, get out of my... I believe Caleb was saying, I'm already late. I should have been here 40 years ago. Spiritually speaking, some of the things that God is calling us into, we should have been here years ago, months ago, but we made up excuses why we can't do it, why we can't move forward, and now is the year we've got to put aside our excuses. When we look at our story today, we find that Moses is the man that God is going to confront with his calling. And instead of Moses saying yes immediately for service, he started making excuses. You remember Moses' life very quickly. It falls into three stages. For number one, from infancy to adulthood, he was in Pharaoh's house. Then he was uh, in Midian for 40 years. Then 40 years he spent in Canaan. Now when we look at stage one and stage two, first of all, we find that God delivered Moses from the Egyptian slaughter or emphasize that was going on. You remember Pharaoh saw the young the Israelites or the Hebrews multiplying. He said, I want to kill their offspring. So they start killing the male babies. And all of a sudden, Moses' mother put him in an ark or put him in a bulrush and sent him down the Nile River. I believe because God was in it, God had his hands on baby Moses. What was killing the other babies wasn't going to touch Moses. The alligators and the, 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 the crocodiles and the, the, the viruses that was out there and, and the fentanyl and the drugs and the streets that Moses had to wade through. But God had his hand on Moses. Moses was going to get to where Moses needed to be. See, God delivered Moses so Moses can deliver somebody else. God didn't deliver us from the streets of Middletown, Cincinnati, Dayton, or wherever you're from, so we can sit comfortable in a church and say, I'm saved all day and I'm glad I delivered too, so we can go back and deliver somebody else. I didn't bring you through that so you can boast. I didn't bring you through what destroyed our classmates, what destroyed our neighborhood. God said, I kept you for such a time as this, but you'll never move forward as long as we keep making excuses. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we find that God revealed his presence to Moses. You remember he called Moses out of the bush and Moses turned aside. And, and just by 
the fact that the bush was burning, that was so much unique in those deserts. The bush would sometimes burn. But he saw the bush, the bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed. And once God has his attention out of the mundane things like Moses wasn't praying for a revelation. Moses wasn't on a 40-day fast. Moses wasn't saying, I'm looking for a miracle. God will interrupt our normal days. God will interrupt you going to the supermarket. God will interrupt you going to your job. God will interrupt you going to your family house. God says, now I'm going to interrupt you, not in the supernatural, but in the ordinary things that you do. Some of us got to stop looking for God in the sky and start looking at our brothers and sisters and see how we can help them. Can you say amen? Say ouch. So he called Moses out of the burning bush. And then verses 7 through 9, we find out that God revealed his purpose. God said, I've heard their call. I've seen their affliction by the reason of their taskmaster. Watch this. When Israel called out, God says, now I'm going to raise up a deliverer. God had to wait until Israel got uncomfortable in their situation. Don't you know that's just like our God? As long as you're comfortable, as long as you're in your comfort zone, as long as you won't cry out, God will let you stay there. But God allowed the taskmaster to make the labor harder and, and took away some of their benefits and still made them work just as hard. And when they got desperate enough to cry out, God said, I'm going to raise up a deliverer. Could that deliverer be right among us? Could God be calling more of us? Well, he's he, he not sure, is he? He is calling all of us into a greater level of service, into a greater level of, of, of ministry. But one of the things we've got to do like Moses, see Moses now, he was been on the desert for 40 years and, 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 and God was, uh, uh, he was married and he got his family. He's comfortable. God says, now I'm going to do something with your life. Has God ever interrupted you? Has God ever woke you up in the middle of the night and you got to go to work? Has God ever told you to go somewhere and you didn't feel like going? God is going to interrupt Moses' plan, get Moses out of his comfort zone, and he said, Moses, I want you to deliver my people. You look at verses 10 through 12, we find God told Moses to go and do it. And the first thing Moses began to do is Moses began to offer God excuses. Notice in verse 11, Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel up? The first question deals with the fact that Moses said, I'm not, I don't have the ability. Uh, who am I? And isn't that some of the excuses we make? Who am I that I should join Elder Myers on the evangelism team? Who am I that I should join the praise? Who am I? Who, who, what qualifications I have to minister like you want me to minister? See, we need to find out in this text. Moses says, who am I? And, and there are probably some reasons why Moses felt like he wasn't the man. First of all, Moses had a past. Anybody got a past? Any, I say, anybody got a past? See, Moses knew 40 years ago 
He tried to deliver his people when he killed that Egyptian and all of a sudden his own folks started resenting and Moses had to run the media for 40 years. Moses said, I got a past. I, I done killed somebody. There ain't no way these folks gonna listen to me. The thing about it is, not only did Moses have a past, but connected to his past, Moses had some credibility issues. Here was Moses in the future, get ready to tell the people of God or the Hebrews, God told me, and some of them, you know, saints, don't you come, don't you come up with that kind of stuff. Where were you 40 years ago? Didn't you run 40 years ago? We would have grown up everything. So Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? But see, the thing about it is that if God called you, I said, if God calls you, God knows how to take our path. God knows how to take our test. God knows how to take the good, the bad, and the ugly and mix it all together. And all things will work together for the good. And when we come out, we'll have a testimony that God will deliver. God will save. He will set you free. Let nobody tell you your usefulness is based on the what you've done in the past because the blood of Jesus will cover you of all your sins. We cover that in Christian development today that if we confess our sins. So you're never too broken. Look at your neighbor and say, you're never too broken for God to use. Oh, I'm, I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. Because, see, y'all think everybody's got it together. We don't live with y'all. <coughs> you think we all got it together and smelling. You ain't on the inside of me. Paul says, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. When I want to do good, evil's right there. I can pray 26 hours a day, and I know there's only 24. I can fast 370 days a year, I know there's 365. And when I get up from there, I still got an old man I got to fight. Moses may have thought, well, I'm not qualified because of my past. Well, not only that, Moses said, maybe I'm not qualified because of my present. Now, Moses, 80 years old. Moses up in years now. Moses probably, in my terminology, he's getting his retirement check. Drawing Social Security. He ain't worried about coming out doing something hard, doing something great. Moses, no doubt, like many of us say, I'm too old to get involved. Let the young people do it. But God wanted Moses to know that I kept you, I preserved you, I kept you in good health, I kept you with reasonable strength, not so you can sit back and say, look how strong I am, that I can use you for such a time as this. If we even look around our church, we're an older church. And not only us, churches in America are getting older. Statistically, the average age of churchgoers are 50 plus now. So we're, we're, we're older generation, we're losing the generation. And if we are not careful, we'll sit back and say, well, I'm too old for God to use. That's called Abraham through the state. 
Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. And God said, the promised son is going to be born to you. I don't care how old you are. If God made a promise, he can birth that promise through you, even in your old age. We think about Zechariah and Elizabeth. They was past their childbearing years and God brought about John the Baptist. I mentioned Caleb was 85 years old and still Caleb had the tenacity, that bulldog tenacity said, give me my mountain. Think about it, Noah was 500 years old when his family and him started building the ark. See, you're never too old for God to use. To look at your neighbor and say, you ain't too old. Put that excuse aside, leave that excuse in 2022. God wants to use you right now, regardless of how old you are. Think about it. If God still got you here, he still got purpose. And when you are operating in God's purpose, you are invincible. Why does God operate like this? First Corinthians tells us, you see your calling, brother, is not that many wise is called after the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But watch it. God has chosen the foolish things. Could it be that God has allowed us to get into a new year? And let's like say, like most churches, we don't, we've lost members during COVID and we, we bury them. Many people don't go. But God says, I still can use you just as you are when we surrender ourselves unto him. Why? He says that I'll get the glory. When you were big, you would have said, look at what I'm doing. When the church was full, you would have said, it's my charisma. When everybody had auxiliaries, we would have said, look at our administrative ability. But God said, I have chosen the foolish things. The things that people look at, small churches, God still wants to use us regardless of our age, regardless of our color, regardless of our pedigree. God wants to use us. Can I get an amen? amen. Moses not only asked the question, who are you or who am I? He asked God, well, who are you? He said, I'm here to go through the folk. And the first thing they're going to ask me is, who are you? What Moses was saying, I believe, Moses says, I don't know you like that. <laughs> I don't know enough about you. Who are you going to say sent me? See, when God revealed himself to Abraham, he showed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He showed himself to Haggai as the God who sees. Moses knew that the people were going to say, who are you representing? So Moses says, who do I'm going to tell them that you are? And it's unfortunate that many of us say, I don't know enough. I don't know you like that. I just got saved. I just, I, I, I haven't been uh, uh, saved long enough to get involved with this or that. But don't you know, again, that God will use the small things. God will use people that will just say, I'm available and bypass all the folk that's got all the excuses why God can't use him. He, he says, I don't know enough about you to teach Sunday school. I don't know enough about you to be on the prayer ministry. I don't know enough about you to work the altar. I don't know enough about you to do various aspects of ministry. 
But notice, didn't God know that? Did that catch God by surprise? No. So by you not knowing or you not thinking you know enough about him should not be a disqualification. It's only an excuse. God spoke back to Moses and tell him I am that I am. In short, he was telling the people of God, tell him I was. And that I was is well, well, let me do, try to clean up my English. The I was, I am that right now. And, and what I am right now, I'll be in the future. He was speaking to his eternalness. He was saying, I'm a God that has no beginning, no end. I'm a God that if I did it, I can do it. And if I can do it, I can do it in the future. If I ever was a healer, I can heal now and I can heal in the future. Just tell him I am that I am. You ain't got to go through and tell them I'm Jehovah Jireh. You don't have to go through and tell them I'm Jehovah Tishkenu. You don't have to go and tell them all. Just tell them I, I can be all that I want to be. Say, I can be whatever I want to be. I, when you tell them I am that I am, I encapsulate all that I am. So that's what Moses was going to have to do. And then we find out that the Bible lets us to know Moses says, well, you know, Lord, you know, I, I, got, a, I, got, I, got, I got a stuttering problem. He said, I, I can't speak. And God had to get Moses straight. He, he got mad at Moses. He got a little ticked at Moses. He said, Moses, who made your mouth? How are you going to use that as an excuse, Moses? Why you won't go? Why will you use that as an excuse? Why you won't recommit yourself in 2023? Why won't, how come you're using that excuse? Well, you can't speak. God says to Moses, I made your mouth, I made man's mouth, and I'm not able to use it for my glory. As I bring this to conclusion, we find out that even though Moses refused in God's grace, God still worked on Moses' life. I'm so glad because I haven't always obeyed when God told me to move. But he didn't cut me off. Am I in the right church? I'll be the first one to admit it. I missed a lot of dots and didn't cross a lot of T's. And I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures. But God, in his grace, used even my failures, even my shortcomings. To bring about his glory in my life. Tell you never, he didn't give up on me. Even though I said I ain't going to do it. Even though I said to somebody else. Even though I said I'd rather die than do it. God didn't kill me like he could have killed most. God kept working on me until he broke my wheel down. And when he broke my wheel down. Then I'm happy to say, use me, Lord. And not only that, we find that in God's grace, when Moses refused, God says, I'll give you some assistance. He said, take your brother. He'll talk for you. God got a plan for all of our lives. But we can never move forward as long as we use excuses. 
The excuses that held us back, the excuses that have limited us. God's got a song in you. God's got a book in you. God's got a business in you. God's got a, a million dollar ideal in you. God's got a message in you. God's got a song in you. But as long as you keep making excuses, you'll be here year after year after year, and you'll start believing yourself, I don't have nothing to offer. We better let go of excuses. And knowing that God is adequate to fulfill the promises he made in our lives. But in 2023, as we are entering into this new year, I believe we just need to rededicate ourselves to service. I got a couple claps. I believe we have to recommit ourselves. We used to sing so, Lord, I'm available to you. Use me. Take my hands. Take my mouth. Take my eyes. Use me, Lord. I'm an empty vessel. I want to pour out into other people. Use me, Lord. That ought to be the sentiments of our heart today. And lay aside our excuses. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.